Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to this week's episode. I'm so happy you're joining me. And today, we're going to be talking about branding, but particularly brand pillars. We're going to be digging into what are brand pillars, why they're important, especially now more than ever, why your values and your company mission should be communicated clearly in your marketing. So let's go ahead and dive in. This issue has been on my mind recently um, because, you know, I see just like all of us, the world changing so much in these past couple of years. And with that, our consumer behavior has changed a lot. And I think if you've scrolled through Instagram or paying attention at all to brands on any of the social media platforms, there's been like a really clear trend of brands sort of letting their voice be heard, standing up for particular issues or topics, right? Now, some of it has been, I think, quite trendy. You know, there's been like kind of waves where everyone's sort of jumping on a bandwagon to you know, support certain causes or not, and then it sort of fades out. But there are brands that have really done a great job in raising the bar and consistently communicating their values to their clients and their prospective customers. And so I wanted to give you sort of a really practical guide for how you can create brand pillars or refresh them or enhance them if you already have them and really ways that you can bring them to life. So let's go ahead and get started. So I I was really prompted to to do this because the other day, you know, when I start working with my fractional CMO clients, one of the first things we do is we have a brand clarity session, which means we just kind of gather all of the brand materials together. We kind of put them on the table, look at like what's still relevant, what's not relevant anymore, and get really on the same page about what is the mission and the uh, vision and the values. And nine times out of 10, clients have like something together already, right? And I work with clients that are usually... um, pretty well established, like they have consistent revenue, definite product market fit, you know, they're making, um, you know, they, they, they have a good pipeline of clients. So it's like they've done this exercise before. But what strikes me always is how a lot of times we put these big vision um, ideas down on paper, right? Like we agree on them, we put them down on paper, but then you kind of like file it away and never look at it again and there's not a real clear-cut accountability for bringing those values to life and communicating those values not only to your prospective clients right or customers but also to your internal team so today I'm going to share a little bit about how we can do that as well but your brand values are not something you should just write down once and not ever look at again 
And they certainly are not something that you just write in a business plan and you don't use in your marketing communication. So how is this practically executed? Well, let's first look at like what are brand pillars exactly? And I'm going to share five different categories to consider when developing your brand pillars. So you don't necessarily need to have all of these categories, but you can, you know, just ponder each of them and sort of pick and choose which ones you you really want to um, share. But let's go back to what are brand pillars. So brand pillars, they're really just like a set of values and characteristics that make up your brand. And why this is so important is because these values and characteristics is really what sets your brand apart. And I don't think it's a surprise when I say that there is just saturation in almost every single market. And you can see this really clearly if you go to the supermarket, right? It's one of the beautiful and like very daunting things about being in America with the open market that we have and how friendly our government is to entrepreneurship. But I mean, you go and see 50 different kinds of cereals and, you know, 10 different brands of milk. The, you know, how is it possible that there's all of these just similar products, but they're all finding their place in the market and they're all having success in the market. And it's because of the brand, right? If you go to the store and you buy the generic least expensive carton of milk is going to be a very different experience or there's going to be a different motivation behind, you know, that versus the person that goes and spends two or three times as much on the organic you know, grass-fed milk with the beautiful image of the young girl like petting the the mane of the of the cow. Or cows don't have manes. Do they have manes? Anyhow. So I mean they're they're different experiences and this is all about brand, right? Because the brands create an emotional connection with your end user, right? With your clients. And this brands they don't happen by mistake. They are intentionally put together and they spring normally from the values and the vision of the founder. And a lot of times those values and visions are really synonymous with the person, right, or the founding team of the company. And so this is why I think it's really a really fun exercise to go through. It's to kind of start thinking about these five categories that I'm going to share with you today. So number one, okay, what is the purpose of your business, right? And I love this question because, you know, it, you can have it in a form of a mission statement or whatever, and it could be quite practical, right? It could be like a quite a practical statement, or it could be an incredibly esoteric statement, right? Um, a good a good example that I have in the show notes uh, in the blog that accompanies this this episode is the cereal brand Kashi, right? So cereal is cereal, right? The purpose of cereal is to, you know, have something delicious to eat in the morning, right? Delicious that's going to fuel your day. That could be your purpose. But on the Kashi website, they have like, you know, our part, like our reason of being is to nourish the world, right? And sort of the more grandiose you can get with these statements, I find the bigger connection you can create to that purpose and and also your team right when 
when a team is sitting there, you know, working for you, uh, sometimes in startup world, of course, like it's very hectic and things are changing quickly. You know, if that if that team member has a strong why attached to what they're doing or what the company stands for, it's going to it's going to facilitate them being more invested, right? And them being happier as well. So, purpose of the company also gives purpose to the employees. And it's it's a really beautiful thing, right? Have your employees or your team members or your subcontractors or your virtual assistants, whomever you're working with, feel a part of something bigger, right? Now, that's number one, purpose, right? Consider what your purpose is. This can be one of the aspects of your brand pillars. Number two is identity. Okay, so I love going through this exercise. Um, I've, I've done this several times with clients and I just feel like it always paints such a deeper picture of what the brand is. So number two is identity, right? Consider what is the identity of your brand, if you can create a statement about that. So what I like to do is create a brand avatar. So this is going to be totally different from your ideal client avatar if you make one for your business. You know, obviously the ideal client avatars is sort of making a like a, a character of who that ideal client is, right? How they spend their day, what are their you know, what are their biggest pain points, all of that stuff, their income bracket, you know, what influencers they follow. Now, creating a brand avatar is really fun. It's sort of saying if your brand was a person, who who would it be? And I sometimes I really love um, like looking at celebrities, right? So say, you know, if your brand was was a celebrity, you know, which celebrity would it be? right? You can create a name for your brand, like a, a, like a, like an actual person's name for your brand. You can, you know, create pictures, you can create images of what that person, you know, how they spend your, their time. I also like to think that the brand avatar, right? If, if your brand avatar and your ideal client avatar were like at a social event, that your ideal client avatar would really admire your brand avatar, right? That, that that would have that kind of relationship. So I think that's a really fun exercise that you can also create. Um, but you can also just simply, right, if the visuals don't do it for you, you can create a statement like who we are, right? We are blah, 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 blah. Whatever you, you feel like, you know, who the collective we are as a team or who the collective we are as a community that follows the brand. And these statements can also be really powerful and they're going to play... Uh, they're going to have a very strong play when you are building community and when you are being social on social platforms and sharing uh, different content, right? This identity of who we are is going to help um, help guide the content, cre- whoever's creating your content, and make sure that that content is matching with that identity statement, right? So it's really uh, has a practical use there. Now, number three is about perception, right? So we've created this identity, right? Either you've created this like avatar that you've made for your brand or you've made this powerful statement of who we are as a brand. But number three is considering what is the perception you'd, you want to be intentional about? How would you like your brand to be perceived by your audience? 
And this is usually useful to create like a bunch of ad adjectives, right? Do you, is your brand um, want to be viewed as, as a teacher, as, uh, as a, like, uh, as a daredevil, as a whatever, you know, I'm thinking about Virgin. Virgin is another example I have in the blog. Um, you can see also in the show notes, a link to there about us, right? And obviously how Virgin wants to be perceived, right, is like a little bit naughty, right? Like a little bit, you know, a little bit of a daredevil, right? And you can see that in the communication they have on their About Us page. It's really done well. It's just another thing to consider. And and this really, the perception is a really cool thing to identify because this really associates with like the feeling you want people to have when they interact with your brand. So going back to the example of Virgin on their About Us page, there's like this very sensual image on their About Us of like, you know, like, I, I think I remember it correctly, like a woman biting her lip, right? Like, but not, not in like a raunchy way. It's like, it just did that invites intrigue, right? And, and this is another example of executing the brand pillars, right? It's like, how can an image communicate, um, these, these ideas of perception, right? If you want to be perceived as being a little bit naughty, what does that mean for the visuals, right? Or a little bit playful, or a little bit, um, you know, if you want your brand to be really, you know, innovative, right? What kind of imagery or what words evoke that feeling? Um, but the brand pillar time is really the time to decide, you know, what is it that you want to be? So number four is the one I think we look at the most, which is values. What is important to you as a company, right? Um, how do you want to make a difference in the work that you do? How do you want to make a difference in the world? How do you want, how do you want your employees or your team members to treat each other? How do you want your company to treat your customers or your, your users? So values, I think, is the one that's easiest to understand. Um, but again, important. And the values work both ways, right? They, they work both internally in the team and also outward facing. And these values, you know, if, if giving back is a value that you have as a company, right, that is something that, especially now in this day and age, it's just so important to communicate your values. You know, if there's causes that you stand behind, um, it really is important to share them. Now, of course, it has to be done in an authentic way. You know, you can't just say you're behind certain, you know, certain charities or certain causes just like to be trendy. Um, but if you are authentic about the actions that you're taking to support different groups or different charities or whatever, it's something that your community, your audience, your potentially you know, customers, your team, they, they want to know about, right? They want to know that there is some soul behind the company. And again, it doesn't matter how small or big you are. These things are really important at any stage. And then number five is meditating on or making a statement around brand experience. How do you want your clients, customers, users to experience your brand? How do you want them to feel you know, what, in what ways will you create a positive experience for them? And a really good example I use in the show notes is the Hilton brand. And Hilton is just like, you know, obviously, um, world-class brand. Um, 
but you can see a link to their corporate uh, page that has their brand pillars and all these things because of course a hotel brand is just top notch at creating that customer um, that guest experience is like is the product right so think about these things right think about these pillars these five uh, categories so it's your what is your purpose right the identity who you are as your brand the perception right how you'd like to be perceived what are your values so kind of identifying what is most important for you uh, personally and as a company right because oftentimes they go hand in hand and the last is what kind of experience do you want to create for your customers intentionally think about each one of these categories right put them together in a document that you can easily share one of the one of the tips from um, Vern Harnish's book scaling up which is like a very famous business book um, that I, I highly recommend but it's sort of geared towards these like fortune 500 companies and up these like bigger organizations but one thing that always stuck out to me in that book was you know put these pillars on the walls put them on your wall next to where you're where you work um, create like a desktop background for your team um, you know send t-shirts or or like note cards or something that communicates these these pillars to keep them alive you know even if you're working remotely which m most of us are now we can still sort of create awareness around these brand pillars and in creating that awareness, it helps to infuse them into the work that we do each and every day. And that's the really important piece of this. So that brings us to um, the, next, the next topic, right, is how to bring the brand pillars to life. So in creating any piece of communication, okay, that goes from your website to your social media to, you know, the company policies that you put together to the events that you participate in to the ads that you make every single decision in your business should be mm, measured against your brand pillars and one really practical way um, that I like to showcase this is in your social media so one really easy way that you can sort of bring these brand pillars to life is when you're creating your content calendar. So if you're doing your content in a in like a thoughtful way, you you surely are posting around sort of a certain topic each each day, right? So these topics, right, should be reflective of what your brand pillars and values are, right? So there should be some connection there that every piece of content that you post on social media should be tied back or have a connection to these brand pillars. And if you're look if you're like now you're looking at me, but if you're if you're listening to me now and you're saying like, "Oh, like I don't really understand like how my brand pillars would become relevant as social posts." Well, I would say like look back again at what your pillars are, right? Because if your pillars are not really connected to anything that's important to your target client, then you maybe you have like the wrong values or pillars that you're chasing after, right? That there's a disconnect between, you know, maybe what you've written out down versus like practically what kind of connection you want to make with your with your clients. So yes, yeah, social media is a really easy way. 
to, to, um, to bring those brand pillars to life. But I also think that there's a lot of value in creating, and I will link in the show notes as well. I have a, a template for this, but it is a, a content style guide. And so in the t- content style guide, there's a, it's a whole little booklet where you can summarize, um, you know, notes about your brand voice and your brand tone, and you can be putting, um, you know, image standards in there sort of like to help guide whomever is creating content for you on like what filters to use and what is the composition of how photos should look um, for the brand or for the website, the website or the social, for example. Um, But what's a really, really good exercise that I like to do with clients too is like looking at these brand pillars, right? So you look at your purpose, for example, your purpose is whatever your purpose statement is, right? And then you make a plan for like how to bring that to life, right? So if we go back to Kashi, the purpose is to nourish the world. And so they do this by creating really nourishing food, right, for whatever is the rest of their, you know, values that they connect to. But what's interesting is that in the example I just gave you, yeah, it's not about social posting, but it's about guiding the products that are made. So if we look at Kashi, whatever new product they come up with, it has to be nourishing, right? So the brand Kashi is never going to create a product that's like a Twinkie because that goes against what their purpose is. So this is an example of how those brand pillars really come to life, right? So social, I gave you that example, but it's also in product development and product features, right? So the brand pillars are a really when you're measuring your decisions against them, it's a really great way to sort of cut the BS. Because a lot of times, if, if you're kind of a solopreneur, entrepreneur, you're kind of like, you know, you're that founder, you're kind of working on your own, right? Or even if you have a co-founder, the thing is, is we have a lot of ideas. That's like the mark of an entrepreneur. And when you're measuring your decisions against these brand pillars, it makes it like a nice buffer sort of to give yourself some goalposts and understanding like, okay, is this action really connected to what my brand is all about, right? So it's a, it's a good guide for saying yes or no to new opportunities, which I think is also extremely, extremely useful. Um, but other ways to bring the pillars to life, right? So if you create that content style guide, as I mentioned, it's really useful to give to that team creating content, not just the graphic design or the images, but the copy. Don't forget the copy. Copy is so incredibly important for your brand. Um, and I, I can't, I can't say that enough. I want to have a copy expert on the podcast, um, soon. That's going to tell you a little bit more about copy, but Copy is just so, so important and also should be measured against these pillars to make sure that the words you're using, the tones, um, the style in which you're talking connects to that, to the brand, right? And actually the things you're saying is true to what your brand is. So I have some examples, a couple I mentioned here and a few more in the show notes, but I encourage you to sort of look at the brands that you admire go to their about us page, start getting a sense of how brands are um, conceptualizing and communicating these five categories of the brand, and it can help give you some good ideas. The last thing that I will say is 
make sure that your brand pillars are front and center. Because again, like going back to this idea of differentiation, your brand pillars are going to be those characteristics and those values that differentiate your brand, right from the competitors. Your brand is unique because it has at its heart and soul, an individual, the founder is the heart and soul of a brand. And when you make your company part of you, there's no way that anyone can ever replicate that. So the more that you stand behind your brand pillars and enforce, right, enforce them through the way that you execute your marketing and all your communication is only going to assist in deepening the connection that you have with your audience and your potential customers or your current customers. So I leave you with this. What are your brand pillars, right? Remember, be thoughtful in developing them. If you created them a long time ago and you haven't looked at them again, I invite you to, you know, revisit them. And my challenge, my action item for you this week is to find a way to bring them front and center. Print them, put them, you know, on your desk or think of something more creative. I'm sure there's a billion other creative ways that you could bring those brand, those brand pillars front and center. And if you, you know, if you think of, of other aspects of the brand that maybe I missed, I would love to hear from you. You can always send me a DM on LinkedIn. That's where I like to hang out. Um, but lastly, I just would say, if you found this episode interesting, if you know any other founder that is, um, you know, in the process of creating a brand or kind of struggling to sort of find their place in the market, it would mean so much to me if you shared this episode. Um, anytime anyone shares an episode of the podcast, it just means you're, you know, helping other, um, other founders kind of figure out little pieces of marketing and the nuggets I give you guys hopefully are helpful. So thank you as always for listening and I'll see you back here next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.